Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show, and I am joined by author Larry Sternberg. He is our expert on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. Today's show is going to focus on chapters 77 and 78 of the book, Managing to Make a Difference, entitled Find a Mentor and Become a Better Mentee. And I'm really excited about this episode. Um, I've always been fascinated by the role that mentors play in people's lives. And Larry, you are really an expert on this. I think let's kick it off uh, talking a little bit about the importance of building a relationship, which is always the way a mentorship relationship has to start. Well, I mean, the mentoring relationship is a relationship. So I don't think it would be possible for either a mentor or a mentee to characterize uh, their uh, interaction as a mentoring relationship without there being a relationship. So someone who wants to find, finding a mentor is very similar to finding a friend, finding somebody to date. Uh, What you're looking for is someone who is interested in having a particular kind of relationship with you, and those people aren't growing on trees, no matter what kind of relationship we're talking about. I think when I contemplate mentorship, um, and maybe we should just define this people for people, uh, you established it well. Establishing a mentor is a relationship, and so when we define, you know, what does a mentor look like to an individual, it might be very different things. Well, it might be, but uh, the way I'm using the word, uh, there are a number of characteristics that would apply. A mentor is somebody who takes a special interest in you, somebody who believes in you, somebody who likes you as a person and who enjoys spending time with you, who enjoys helping you grow both personally and professionally, who will be loyal, uh, who will extend himself or herself to help you succeed succeed. Uh, So a mentor is uh, all of those things. And who wouldn't want a mentor with that kind of a definition? I mean, I mean, that's what we would all like to know, right? That as we're growing as people, as we're developing as individuals, personally and professionally, that we have somebody kind of in the boat with us with maybe a little bit more experience uh, to kind of guide us through whatever comes next. Yes, absolutely, and to some degree also a protector if your mentor happens to be in the same same organization as you do. That's an interesting thought. Do you think that when people seek out mentors, do you think they are uh, specifically and strategically seeking out mentors, or do you think sometimes they stumble upon them? Uh, I think it's a little both. Uh, it varies. As you know, uh, about a year ago, uh, maybe a little more than a year ago, I uh, did a podcast where I interviewed uh, 13 different uh, highly successful individuals in very different kind of professions and endeavors and asked them to talk about their mentors. And in many cases, those mentoring relationships sort of occurred organically, and the people involved in those relationships at the time didn't even think about labeling the 
the uh, nature of the relationship, and only upon reflection did they uh, choose to label the relationship as a mentoring-type relationship. Uh, and I, I know uh, just from being on social media these days that there are also plenty of people who are seeking mentors because they believe that uh, this will help them in a variety of ways. And I think they're right if they find the right mentor. So it, it happens both ways. But uh, and there's, there's absolutely no uh, downside to being intentional about looking for somebody uh, who, who is the right person to get into a mentoring relationship with you. So one of the things I appreciate about the book uh, is that a lot of these chapters just have categories and you literally march through some very simple steps um, that maybe people overlook in the busyness of their lives in terms of whatever chapter it is that we're talking about. But this specific chapter in chapter 77, where it says, find a mentor, you have some great takeaways. And the first one starts with knowing yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes, if I'm not mistaken, uh, know thyself is uh, part of the advice that uh, the Oracle of Delphi uh, gave to Socrates. It's a pretty fundamental uh, piece of advice for any person is before you get into seek someone to get into a relationship with you, you have to know who you are, what you want out of the relationship, and then you can think about uh, who your ideal partner might be, what kind of a profile that person might have. And in fact, you know, there are many, there, there are many uh, dating websites that uh, ask people to answer a series of questions, and there's an algorithm that puts people together. And in some cases, uh, that's been very sex, uh, successful. So uh, it, it really starts with knowing yourself and what you want to get out of a relationship. Right. The next piece of advice in this particular chapter is look at your current relationships. So I would imagine you'd want to examine those for things that are working well in your life right now, right? Uh, people that are surrounding you with encouragement and positivity and, um, and are pushing you maybe even a little outside of your comfort zone. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I, I mean, the reason you look to your current relationships is they can help you understand what kind of person uh, you might want to be your mentor. You know, when you're thinking about your close friends or your significant other, just how did you meet that person? Remember, this chapter is about how you find a mentor. Well, for people with whom you have already formed really important and positive relationships, you know, how did you happen to meet those people? What were you doing at the time? What were your initial attractions to those people? And why did you want to spend more time with each other? Just answering those questions might provide valuable insight as to uh, how you might meet uh, a mentor. That's, that's why that's, that piece of advice is in there. The next piece of advice, and I know we're kind of marching through this, but I really think these are so valuable. I want to talk about all of them. And the next one really talks about creating opportunities. Well, yes. I mean, you, you want to create opportunities to beat someone. And, again, this is not dissimilar than looking for someone 
uh, who you might want to be involved as a significant other or as dating. You know, if you're if you're looking for somebody, you've got to create opportunities to meet people. And it, this is just standard advice about how do you meet people you want to be in relationship with. So you might join professional organizations. You might join community organizations, and well, you're going to run into people who have similar interests. Um, and uh, uh, it just increases the odds that you're going to meet someone who might be uh, someone who, with whom you're going to be a mentor. I'm, I'm recalling that uh, somebody who uh, has called me a mentor consistently over the years met me because I was giving a speech in Tucson, Arizona, and he attended... Uh, this speech, I was part of a, I was part of a larger program, and uh, when I got done with the my presentation, uh, he just came up to me and he said, "Hey, would you like to join me for a cup of coffee?" I thought what you said was very interesting. I'd like to pursue some more conversation about it, and he made the first move and he said, "Let's have a cup of coffee together." And I, I love coffee, and, and I said, "Sure, let's do that." And a relationship grew out of that. Now, it might have been that we had a cup of coffee and we pretty quickly determined that the chemistry wasn't very good here. And, and uh, you know, we, we parted company. That's, that's happened to me with people in, in my personal and professional life where, for whatever reason, um, we, we want to spend time with each other to see what might happen. And sometimes what might happen is, hey, you know what, this was nice, but uh, we're, we're not going to do it again. And, and of course, that's always okay. And uh, so that's what uh, we're talking about when we're talking about uh, creating opportunities and also making the first move. Um, if there's no harm in asking somebody to spend a few minutes with you and, and over a, a Coke or a cup of coffee or a pizza or a beer or whatever. Yeah, I always appreciate people adding those Coke pizza options because I'm not a coffee drinker. <laughs> but uh, you do that well. And I know that, um, you know, over cups of coffee and hot chocolate or whatever, um, we've had some great conversations, Larry, too. And I, I think about the importance of just establishing that relationship. Um, you know, it just takes even if you know that person in the workplace, if you know them um, through an organization that you collectively work for, with, um, that time, I think, spent with someone outside of the office, outside of the organization, outside of some other um, whatever, you know, whatever reference you want to put around it, is just time where you build that deeper relationship. You get to know that person on a deeper level. And I think that's so important when you do choose a mentor. It's someone you want to spend time with. It's someone you choose to spend time with, not someone you mark something on your calendar and think, oh, no, I have to go to lunch with this person or I have to go have coffee with it. So I think that um, that point about just establishing that relationship is really important. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, the, the next point in this chapter says take it slow. You know, you don't have to jump from zero into, I want you to be my mentor. And as I say, many of the very successful people I interviewed 
would not have labeled their relationship, just didn't occur to them to put a label on the relationship. And it was only in hindsight that they thought, oh my gosh, well, yeah, that person, I guess, was a mentor. And, and so you can take it slow. You can start with the Coke or the cup of coffee uh, or, or whatever and not have any particular stated goals so that you, you sort of jump on that person right away and say, okay, you're my mentor. And, you know, this is what's going to happen now. You, you, you just get into the relationship and you see where it goes. Yeah, that strikes me as a really interesting point. We're going to take a quick break right um, right now, but when we come back, let's explore that a little bit more. Let's explore different personality types and how people might approach being a mentor or a mentee. Um, we'll continue that conversation in a, middle, in, in a minute, but I do want to let you know that if you want to purchase copies of Managing to Make a Difference, I would encourage you, you can definitely do it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble, but if you want multiple copies for your management team, and I highly recommend that because the tools in here will help every manager on your team. And you can go to 800ceoread.com. You can do copies for a corporate event. You can even customize them with your own company branding. So consider not just reading it yourself, but getting it for your whole team. So we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg. Uh, we hope that you will visit our website, managetomakeadifference.com, where you will find additional materials and exercises that go along with what we're talking about in each of these podcast episodes, as well as all the information you need to order books for your team. And if you do decide to mul- uh, order multiple books, there will be a discount if you use that 800ceoread.com. So I encourage you to check that out. So today we've been discussing some thoughts from chapters 77 and 78 of the book, Managing to Make a Difference. These chapters are entitled, Find a Mentor and Become a Better Mentee. And when we left off in the first segment, we'd really explored a little bit about relationships, about how you build those relationships, about how you might find um, and think about who might want to be your mentor. Um, and, And one of the outlines here in the chapter talks about making the first move to initiating that first conversation to meet for a coffee or a Coke or a pizza or a beer or whatever. And so we were talking about this in the first segment and it jogged something for me because Larry, you mentioned, hey, you don't have to jump from zero to 100 in the first meeting in terms of saying, I want you to be my mentor, but that relationship can kind of develop over time. And what it brought up for me was the possibility that people are wired slightly differently about how they go about these mentorship relationships. Can you, can you consider that for a minute and let me know your thoughts on that? Well, uh, yeah, of course people are, are wired differently. And, and at this chapter, like almost every other chapter has an experiment in here that people can follow uh, to help them find a mentor and apply what we're talking about. And and in that particular experiment, uh, it says, you know, write down what you want to get out of a mentoring relationship. And so people are wired differently. And, again, I I think it it really avoiding labeling the relationship is, uh, is a good idea. And so people, you've got to understand what the other person in the relationship might be looking for and how they might want to uh, interact with you. And so, uh, of course, you have to explore with the other person what they want and how they're wired. Was there any question you had in particular about that? I I think what just dawned on me was... um as you, uh, as I've seen relationships develop, and so here at Talent Plus, we have a, a program called the uh, Plus Program, and it is a mentoring program. So it matches an individual with another associate, and it can be a senior associate with a newer associate, or it can be colleagues across different um, or uh, parts of the organization. You know, technology and branding and business development, things like that. And um, I'm 
always fascinated as I either enter into these relationships or as I observe other people's relationships within this program that some groups are, it's a very um, casual uh, mentoring relationship. Uh, Hey, let's go grab lunch every day. And it might be someone new to the town. So let's explore a little bit more about the Lincoln area. And that was, would be someone's expectations. Others um, have a very definite goal in mind. I would like to learn this Uh, particular business practice that you all do all the time. And because I'm not in your business unit, I would like to achieve that. And so I'm just always intrigued by how people come to a mentoring relationship, even within a structured program like that. Have you seen differences like that? Being a participant in that program at Talent Plus, uh, I would say that I would not call those relationships. In most cases, I wouldn't call those relationships mentorships. I would call them friendships. I mean, in many cases, people are just hanging out with each other, as you say, and uh, I personally wouldn't characterize that as a mentoring relationship. Uh, And and again, one of the things that I, I really like to avoid doing is getting into semantic disputes about labels. So even if I wouldn't call those relationships mentoring relationships, if the relationship is what those two people want it to be, uh, the label is really uh, irrelevant. Uh, And whereas I might say it's not a mentoring relationship today, it might grow into one over time. One never knows. So uh, everybody is wired differently. And if if a particular listener here is really looking for a mentor, somebody who is really going to – help you with your career, see you as worthy of investing. Because remember, uh, no human being can mentor every uh, large numbers of people. The, the number of people in whom you're going to be able to invest that kind of time and effort and focus is really a pretty small number. And uh, so if somebody is approaching uh, one of our listeners as, as a, as a, uh, a possible mentor, the the listener is going to have to decide. All right, you know how much time and effort am I willing to put into this relationship? And and in in most cases, whether the relationship is labeled or not, the person who is the mentor uh, has to see the mentee as somebody worthy of that kind of investment because you you just can't do this with very many people. I think that goes back to your point of, um, you know, defining goals. Like, what is it that you want to get out of a mentorship relationship? And then being really upfront and really focused with what are the goals of this relationship? And again, I'd stay away from labels and I'd say, I would say something to this person like, gee, you look, you, you appear to be somebody who can give me some very valuable advice. And if you have a few minutes, I'd love to spend some time with you. Would that be okay? And then, uh, you know, there you are. If the person says it's okay, then you're in a relationship where you've made your, where you've made your uh, reason for wanting to be in the relationship very clear. I think you have value. I respect your opinion. I'd love to get your take on this situation or that situation and uh, so forth. So you've made, you've made your opinion clear. 
uh, or I'm sorry, you've made your motivation clear as to why you want to spend time with that person, and they can decide uh, yay or nay. And I want to shift a little bit into the second chapter. It's called Becoming a Better Mentee. And so a lot of times when we think of mentorships and their relationships, we automatically go to the mentor. But I think um, I, I think this chapter is so valuable in terms of addressing um, the aspect that maybe gets overlooked a little bit more. So can you talk to us a little bit about becoming a better mentee as you started to write this chapter? Yeah. So here you are. You have found somebody who's willing to make this investment in you. And as you mentioned, almost everything that's written about mentoring is written about how to be a good mentor. It's not written about how to be a good mentee, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to include this chapter. When I did my podcast on mentoring and asked highly successful people to talk about uh, individuals who had been their mentors, uh, one of the things I learned from a couple of these highly successful people is they were very, very thoughtful and intentional about making sure that they were not wasting the time of the individual that they were asking for their advice and their input and so forth. And so one of the main uh, aspects of that is that they wanted to clarify expectations. They wanted to ask this mentor, okay, what do you expect of me when we're going to meet and I'm going to ask you for your input and your advice? Um, what do you want from me? And as, as, as you pointed out, Kim, people are wired differently. So different mentors will have their own preferences and their own desires about what they want from a mentee. And in too many relationships, particularly uh, professional relationships, people don't clarify their expectations of each other. They get into a relationship, uh, and all of a sudden they haven't clarified their, uh, clarified their expectations of each other, and that leads to uh, problems on down the road. So one of the ways to make sure that one's mentor doesn't believe that they have he or she is wasting their time, is to make sure you get expectations clarified on both sides. This doesn't have to be very formal, but it does have to be intentional. The next step in that, um, or the next keynote, like in that chapter, is take your mentor's advice. Yeah, Uh, and this chapter contains one of my favorite quotations from my wife, Sally. She says, why buy a dog and then bark yourself? (laughs) If you're going to solicit somebody's advice, be prepared to take it. I mean, you know, why solicit somebody's advice and then decide you don't want to take their advice? Uh, There's no point in in doing that. So, uh, and there are times in in relationships with my mentors, there are times when when I remember uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Siggy Brower, and he was my mentor, and he was also my boss. And there would be times when he would say to me, Larry, I want you to do X. And my initial reaction was, X? Really? I don't think X is going to get me where I want to go. I don't think it's going to achieve the outcomes we're looking for here. But I did X anyway, because I remind myself 
there's this man was much more experienced than I was. Uh, he cared about me. Uh, we were mutually trying to accomplish something. He was my boss. And I didn't do it just because he was my boss. I did it because I trusted that he might know some things that I don't know. And so even though he, uh, even though I doubted that the advice was going to work, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I did it anyway. And that always resulted in growth because either it worked or it didn't work. And if it worked, I learned something. If it didn't work, he learned something. Uh, but the, so you want to take your mentor's advice, even in those cases where you have your doubts about whether or not the advice will uh, produce a good outcome for you. Uh, it's going to push you outside your comfort zone. If you have doubts, by definition, you're outside your comfort zone. And uh, good mentors do, in fact, push people outside of their comfort zones. Great conversation. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing. 
Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg. And Kim Turnage is also a co-author on this book. She is not joining us for this podcast today, but I don't want to forget to mention her name here as well. They have both worked tirelessly on this book and all of the um, the marketing and things that have happened um, in subsequent months. And um, so we want to def- definitely um, give a shout out to Kim today. Uh, one of the things I get most excited about in this book is it's truly a workbook. It's got a lesson and an experiment in virtually every chapter. And it's really, we've actually had the comment from people that you could make it into a workbook and people could systematically walk through the lessons based on whatever challenge management challenge they're facing that day. And so it's really great feedback to hear, and I want to encourage you with that as well. If you have not picked up your copy, pick up your copy today and and make those lessons, make those experiments a part of your daily life, and then let us know how it's going. You can reach out to Larry directly through that uh, website, managetomakeadifference.com, and I know he'd love to hear from you and hear what's going on in your organization that has been pushed forward with this book. So we've been talking about chapters 77 and 78 today in the book, Managing to Make a Difference. They are entitled Find a Mentor and Become a Better Mentee. And one of the things we were talking about in our last segment, uh, and we just began to touch on, is one of your most significant mentors, um, and I've heard you talk about him many times, Larry. Um, His name is Siggy Brower. And I wondered if you would explore a little bit more about how that relationship began, um, how it developed, and um, and how you viewed it, um, you know, as as you continually viewed that. Would you explore that with us? Well, sure. And let me just say a couple of words about Siggy. Siggy uh, passed away a few years ago. Uh, he was for many years with the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company, and the only uh, profession he ever pursued in his life was being a hotelier. And uh, he was my uh, direct boss when I was a general manager with Ritz Carlton, and he made a huge difference in my life. So uh, I, I really got into a relationship with him when I became a general manager for Ritz Carlton. He was my direct boss, so that's how we kind of got into that mentoring relationship. Tell me about, you know, you mentioned with the last chapter how Siggy often would challenge you and say, um, you need to do X, and you'd say, I don't think X is going to work, but you would do it anyway, knowing that both of you would end up learning something about that. Can you talk a little bit more about how he encouraged you to think outside of the box or do something that you were maybe not comfortable with, but how it paid off in the end? Well, I mean, we were... We were uh both in Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, and he wanted uh, uh, his job was to help me be successful as a general manager, and then, therefore my hotel had to deliver its business results, both uh, financial and non-financial, in terms of guest satisfaction and employee satisfaction and so forth. And, and uh, so it was his job to help me uh, succeed and improve the results of those uh, of that hotel, and in the process, I was growing myself. And when he said to do X, by the way, I never did actually articulate to him, I have my doubts about that in any way, shape, or form. So if I did have my doubts, I kept them to myself because I, again, I constantly reminded myself that he knew plenty I didn't know, and that if he was making this recommendation, I might as well try it out. It wasn't going to be the end of the world if it didn't work. Uh, and if it did work, I have learned something. So I, I didn't I didn't resist in that sense. But he was also there 
when uh, I would uh, I would have an idea and I would want to discuss with him. <coughs> hey, I'm thinking uh, we should do uh, Y or Z over here, and I'd uh, just like to get your take on this. And in some cases, he had doubts about whether we should do Y or Z, and he would express those to me and, and say to me, listen, go and think about that. Here, I want you to look at this piece of data. I want you to think about this, which you haven't thought about. Uh, and he would uh, improve my thinking about whether or not to do it without just saying to me, you know what, I, I don't think that's going to work. Don't do it, because he would he rarely would say something like that to me. And again, even if after all that, I, I said to him, I still think I want to do it this way. Uh, if it didn't present an existential uh, uh, threat to the business, uh, he was more than likely to allow, to allow me to try those things. And, and that was a very important, at that point in my career, that aspect was very important to me, that I could try out my own ideas. And he had the ability to not substitute his judgment for mine unless he thought there was some very large threat that, uh, and, and that it might not work. He also had the ability to allow me to push him outside his comfort zone and, and try some things and then be there to help me, to sincerely help me uh, make those things work, even if it wasn't something he might have done. I think to your point earlier of not um, coming too close to the labels of mentor, mentee, what that looks like, uh, what you described to me and what I just heard you say was uh, you were mentors to one another. And it was a mutual relationship where you were both growing, you were both getting something out of it. And um, alongside of that, I know a very deep friendship that lasted a lifetime. So that, that to me is um, incredibly exciting. It did, but uh, in all honesty, I would never claim that I was Siggy's mentor. A good mentoring relationship, the mentor is going to learn something, even though neither person in the relationship would claim that, the, that it was like mutual mentoring. I did have one of those with uh, my best friend of 40 years, Pat Meany, uh, who has also uh, unfortunately passed away. And that one started as a friendship. And I, I think it did become a mutual mentoring relationship. I think there was a point in time early in our relationship when I did a little bit more mentoring of him. And he grew rapidly and immensely to the point where uh, he was very clearly mentoring me. And all throughout it, the fundamental relationship was that we were best friends. But uh, that one had a very interesting uh, reversal on it as uh, he grew in the area of total quality management and became a, a uh, recognized expert in the area and uh, became my mentor. That was very interesting and very gratifying for me in a lot of ways. I know you referenced this earlier. You did an entire 13-point podcast series on mentoring. When you look back at that, when you think about what you learned from hearing those people who may have not even um, identified their relationships as a mentoring relationship until you asked them about it, that uh, what were things that came up for you during that podcast? Well, that was one of them. 
that they didn't label the relationship. And you brought up Siggy Broward, and I brought up Pat Meany. Uh, at no point in time did either one of us uh, ever label that relationship. It just didn't occur to us to label the relationship. And, and so that was one of the important things I learned. Another thing I learned, which I hope is going to be important to many of our listeners, is that a couple of these highly successful people claimed that they didn't have a mentor. They didn't have anybody who fit that description we started out with of somebody who really took an interest in them, took them under their wing, was really interested in helping them grow both personally and professionally. They, there was nobody in the course of their career that they would say, you know, I had that relationship. There, it was this person over here. Uh, there were people they learned things from, and they could identify those people, and they could say what they learned from them. But uh, they waved off the label of mentor for anybody in their career. And that really surprised me. I, I would have bet big money that every successful person would have at some time said, yes, this person was my mentor. And so something for uh, all of our listeners to learn is, uh, although it might be, desirable and very rewarding to be in, in, in a mentoring relationship with somebody, uh, I learned that you can be highly success, successful without being in that kind of relationship. Do you think those people that, um, those uh, individuals that said that they didn't identify as anyone as their specific mentor, do you think that was a genesis of them thinking that they wanted to be a mentor to someone else? Well, in, uh, no, <laughs> um, uh, absolutely not. Uh, they, they might have been. And as a matter of fact, I know enough about one of them. I, I, I knew both of them. I've known individuals for many years. And, and one of them, I would, have, I would have identified an individual who it looked to me like this individual was the mentor of this person. But during my conversation, I took him through his whole career. During my conversation, he did not identify that person as a mentor, whereas I, I think I probably would have. Uh, and in, in, in the other case, um, I don't think that individual thought about being a mentor to people. He was, but I don't think he thought about it, and I don't I, – I, I, I'm pretty sure that the fact that they didn't have mentors wasn't a motivational factor for them one way or the other. Uh, again, I, as, I, as I listen to these individuals uh, talk about their mentors and talk about their careers, uh, th that kind of labeling really didn't occur, except in hindsight when, uh, when I'm talking and I'm looking for the application of that label. And, and so I don't think they saw it as anything that was lacking. It, it just as they look back on it, there wasn't anybody who fit that category. I think that's a fair statement. What dawns on me is that um, it may be a generational thing. It may be a labeling thing or a language thing that, um, you know, as we t now hear more and more about personal development and, and taking charge of your own development or managers helping their teams to develop, uh, I, I think that's more common language than it probably previously was, even uh, even if I take it back 20 years to my broadcasting career. That wasn't something that was discussed or talked about at all. And so 
Um, so there very well may have been people who had started relationships with me that I would consider mentors, but I certainly didn't view that as a, a purposeful thing. It was more, to your point, a friendship with a very intelligent person that I really learned a lot from, I think. But we're going to take a quick break. Um, if you do have questions about mentorship, mentoring, or being a mentee, um, we would love to hear those questions or just, just comments, observations with your own teams that you see. Uh, you can always click that email host button just above the podcast description, and we can work those topics into our upcoming podcasts. Uh, you can always reach out to us by email, and we'll get back to you offline as well. But we'll take a quick break here on Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg, and we'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how join talent plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you leadership toolbox focuses on individual engagement talent and fit team dynamics and growth and creating a strength-based culture this interactive seminar style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now reserve your spot today at talentplus.com when managers make a significant impact their teams are engaged motivated and excited they love what they do when those people work for you you get results results matter and people drive results at talent plus we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission vision and values our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference. We're so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend with us today. We hope that in these conversations that we have on these podcasts that we're really inspiring you to think about management in maybe some different terms rather than the traditional model that may um, enter your your um, your head on a daily basis. You know, what are the goals that are we achieving our goals? Is the bottom line being met? Is the profitability of our company growing? All of those 
phenomenal things. And we hope that these um, items that we take apart each and every week on this podcast are things that add to that. Because we know that when Larry and Kim wrote this book, they wanted to make a significant difference in the lives of managers and this middle manager group that sometimes gets left out um, from the C-suite conversations or the frontline conversations. And so we really think this is valuable information. We hope that you find it valuable as well. And you know how engaging Larry is as a speaker um, just by hearing his voice and hearing the conversations that he has. So if you do want him to come and attend an event, a management event or a training event with your corporation, please don't hesitate to reach out to us with managedmakeadifference.com and schedule that today. So we've been talking about chapter 77 and 78 and managing to make a difference uh, today, talking about mentoring how to find a mentor, and how to be a great mentee. And we're in that second chapter, chapter 78. And um, the next key point is really do not take everyone's advice. Larry, can you speak to that? Yes. Uh, this is something I learned when I was a teenager. It so happens that when I was a teenager, uh, I got involved in the sport of bowling. And um, I I, uh, I had a coach who uh was my mentor in the terms we're talking about here. And, and I could have uh, pursued a career as a professional bowler. Uh, obviously, I've chosen not to do that. But at the time, I, when I was a teenager, this, a, a professional bowler who was also a gifted coach uh, was coaching me. And, and I, I would go to the bowling alley, he would be there, he would coach me, and, and I would often go to the bowling alley to practice when he, he wasn't there. And a lot of well-meaning bowlers would watch me practice, and they would spontaneously, from the, the purest of motives, uh, start critiquing me and suggesting, hey, why don't you try this, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And this was a commonplace thing. And at first, I didn't want to hurt these people's feelings. So they would say, hey, why don't you do this? And I would try it. And uh, they could see that I was trying it. And, and uh, it, it made them feel valued and so forth. And, and, but I, I realized after a while that I was just bouncing all over the place like uh, a pinball in an old-fashioned pinball machine. And, and uh, I, I, I realized I just couldn't take everybody's advice. And I had to learn how to politely respond when they would say, you know, Larry, I think you'd be better off if you did this. I, I realized I couldn't just keep doing that, that I had to decide whose advice I was going to take. And I had to stay on, on a program where things were consistent and harmonious with each other. The example I give in the book is suppose you hire a, a wellness coach uh, for your, your overall health and wellness. And uh, I, I assure you, and you can visualize this happening, this person lays out a program for you that uh, inevitably will involve uh, exercise and activities and uh, your diet. And as you explain this to your friends, I 100% assure you that they will give you conflicting advice, that they will say, oh, well, I read that X and Y and Z. And if you start following all the advice that your friends give you, you won't be following a program. And, and uh, so if you have a mentor, uh, there may be other people who, for 
very good reasons and commendable reasons want to give you advice as well. Uh, and so the, the advice that we give in the book, Kim and I, is if you get these kinds of suggestions, talk it over with your mentor and, and decide mutually whether this is something that uh, you want to include in, in whatever you're doing. And that way, your mentor won't feel like, oh, my God, you know, that this person is taking advice from somebody else over here and somebody over there. And, and, uh, but you have to follow a path that the decisions and actions you're taking are harmonious with each other. And if you start listening to everybody, you won't be doing that. You gave me a great example yesterday of honoring the value of your mentor's time. You were talking about um, an individual here in Nebraska that was sharing with you some of their mentors and how they were criti- they were um, critically attuned to the fact that their their mentor's time was very valuable and they needed to be prepared every single time. Yeah, that's and that's exactly it. Prepare. Uh, make sure that your mentor. Uh, does not feel like you're wasting their time and you just want to hang out with them and so forth. Be on purpose. Come with issues that you want some input on. Come with questions that you have. Uh, Come with, uh, you know, pre-thought-out topics that you want your mentor's input on. Get the input and then wrap it up. Uh, That way... Uh, and then, of course, as we said, take the advice. Um, so that's the way to make sure that you're not wasting your mentor's time. And the very last one that you highlight here in this chapter is express appreciation. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of a theme that Kim Turnage and I uh, have. Uh, and uh, it just, it's a major deposit in someone's emotional bank account to simply and authentically express your appreciation for their time, for their insight, for their teaching of you. It doesn't cost you any money to express your appreciation, but uh, I assure every listener, it is very meaningful and valuable to the person on the receiving end of your appreciation to hear it said. I'm reminded uh, at this moment that, you know, my mother used to say, Larry, tell me you love me. And I would say, Mom, you know I love you. And her reply was always, yeah, but I like to hear you say it. And your mentor, even if your mentor knows that you really appreciate his or her time and insight and so forth, they still like to hear you say it. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. We've been talking today about chapters 78 and 79 in Managing to Make a Difference. And uh, this book is just chock full of uh, individual lessons and experiments that you as a manager can take hold of. If you're walking into a new position in a management situation and you've not been in one before, I highly recommend you reading this cover to cover. And this isn't a book that you read one time and sit on the bookshelf to collect a little dust until you clean off your shelf. This is a book that I encourage you to pull out often. Uh, management challenges are faced all the time in every different situation, um, and, and they are ongoing. And there are sections throughout this book. That's what we're going to explore in next week's podcast is just really the entire book. 
and and looking at uh, management issues and things that that you can walk away with so that you really are making a significant difference in those that you manage around. And especially if you're walking into a new position, I highly encourage you to do that. Larry has mentioned today that he did an entire podcast series on mentoring, and that is still available on Voice America. So if you go to voiceamerica.com and you go to the mentoring episode with Larry Sternberg, you will be able to hear all of those podcasts and re-listen to those. So we highly encourage you to do that. We thank you again for your time today. Larry, as always, it's a pleasure. It certainly is. Yeah, so you all have a great day. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We will look forward to talking with you next week on Managing to Make a Difference. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.